Dear Jazzy. The following program is intended for mature adults over the age of 18. If you are not a patron looking for information on sex, relationships, and gender, please visit scarletteen.org. Nothing said on this show is a replacement for official medical advice. Trust me. Last time I checked, no one here is a doctor. Welcome back to Dear Jassy, episode 26 of Sure Stop Laughing, the show where we answer all of life's kinky <laughs> questions. I'm your host, Jasmine Starshine. And I miss Mimi. <laughs> we can't fucking do it. I wasn't even laughing. Yes, you were. I was not. Okay, so I've started putting bloopers at the end of episodes, and you'll see why we're laughing at the end of this episode. So, wink, just saying. <laughs> How are you, Miss Mimi? Oh, uh, you know. Work. Eh. 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 Isolation. Eh. Eh. You know what I really miss? I want to go to the movie theater. Y'all remember places? Oh. I would love to just go to the movie theater, watch even some just garbage crap movie that I'd never want to pay money for. But just for the experience. Just to go and eat their popcorn. Yes. Holy fuck. So there's a couple theater chains in my area. One of them says, no social distancing. You don't have to wear masks. Fuck it. Come and get shell popcorn. The other one said, masks are required. Social distancing is required. Which one do you think has more ticket sales right now? I mean, you live in the country under the screaming yam, so it's <laughs> <laughs> the screaming yam. I feel like either one of them is gonna do well. Like they've basically decided to reopening your economy, even though everybody else around the world is like, "Bitch, you're not coming here." <laughs> yeah, no, for real. Don't get me started on that. Oh. But if you answered B, you'd be entirely correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's. We had such a good day today, though. Like today, the you had no deaths, and we have no deaths to COVID, and we have, um, in Ottawa, we officially have no patients in the Ottawa hospitals with COVID symptoms. Like there is no COVID in the Ottawa hospitals. Yay! Go Canada! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Kicking ass, even though our premier is a dirtbag, but that's okay. That's for politics channel. But that's okay. That's for the politics channel. Politics <laughs> for for comrades. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of our Discord, which you should totally hit me up and I'll send you an invite to, a lot of those people on that Discord benefit from our Patreon. Ooh. Oh, before <sighs> I get into Patreon, I forgot to say how I was doing. I am doing well, thanks for asking. Um, I, I got... didn't ask, so I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, sorry. <laughs> No, it's okay. I, I was totally just joking. I, I mainly just want to take this opportunity to talk about um, Daddy and I went to the the uh, Asian uh, grocery store because in mm. Cleveland we have a nice little like Asian district with like a fuck ton of like cool businesses and like food and like a, even like a shopping mall full of Asian owned oh, yeah. businesses. So cool. And there is a bakery there called Coco Bakery. And if you're in Cleveland, you uh, this is an endorsement. I am endorsing them officially. Um, they have everything that, that that's there is good. 
but he brought home this loaf of bread. It's, uh, if you've ever had Korean milk bread, it's that really spongy, cakey bread that you can squish all the way down and it rises back into shape. He got that and it's like raspberry flavor and aha. Uh-huh, and that was like my pre podcast post bath time snack. And I am a happy camper right now. Nice. Nice. We okay, had, so now um, we can. Oh, sorry, go ahead. We had a uh, a place in Ottawa before I moved here, and it's like the best. It's, it's just, it's the best popcorn chicken you'll ever have. Like, it's fantastic food, and it's the bubble tea there is really good. So, we almost had a third person on the podcast. Do you know who that is? No, you never told me about this. Exactly. It was a surprise. I completely forgot to bring him upstairs, but Speckles was supposed to join us. Well, shit, Jesse. (laughs) I know. So I'm going to be playing with him tonight, and I was supposed to, like, bring him up and blow him up so I can do the squeak, squeak sound into the microphone really obnoxiously. But you know (laughs) what? That's maybe a next time thing, and that's okay. But before we get to everything else... We have a Patreon, and we're finally going to talk about it. Yeah, we are. So in the $15 and up Sinner tier, we have Daddy Gray, who writes, I don't know, make something up. Princess Sarah, who writes, don't be like others because your own imperfections are what make you unique. Imp, who writes, keep your bottom padded and your heart full of love. Wrath, who writes, this is a song that never ends. Yes, it goes on and on, my friends. And I'm not going to auto-tune that because that song does not deserve but, but Jazzy, any did you editing. Know that some people started singing it and didn't know what it was? And it so never they ended. they keep on singing it forever just because? Yeah. And then Kaneko, who writes, Jazzy and Mimi are hecking awesome. Watch your mouth, young lady. Yeah, so in the oh, make $10... me get that soap flavored gum. Ew. <laughs> no, that's cursed. In the $10 tier, Brya writes. Brya, you still need to send in your shout out. In the $5 tier, Cloud Puddles, Casa, Juice Box, and Phil 258. In the $1 tier, we have Twinkie Fluff and Jamie. Thank you all for subscribing so, so much. You are all. I've always said, like, you're supporting the ongoing production of the show. Now it's, like, for real. Because on this episode, the Patreon money bought uh, the Dear Jazzy community a new sound card, some fresh XLR cables, a new pop filter. The show probably sounds a little bit better now, thanks to everyone's contributions. And I posted in the Discord, my old sound card was, like, a beef. It was the size of, like, a thin, like, server blade. My new one is, like, the size of, like, a couple iPhones stacked on top of each other. And I'm really happy about that. So thank you, everyone, for doing that. <laughs> and if you want to join the Patreon, Sinner Tier patrons get a custom co- uh, porn commission slot. I almost said corn commission slot. Uh, anything you want within my boundaries. Once a month, uh, at $10, you get a uh, little porn clip of what I make. And everyone in the $10 and up here gets $5 gets you a set of nudes every month. And $1 gets your name read on the show. So please consider 
subscribing if you can and if you want to. Miss Mimi. That's me. We have a topic for this episode. We do. Admittedly, I know very little about it. (laughs) (laughs) And so does pretty much everyone else. Almost everyone else is in the same exact boat. Um, I'm really excited because I've been hinting at this for almost since the start of the show. And frankly, we haven't most most of our episodes have just been like answering questions. We haven't had like a topic topic in a while, so I'm excited. So we are finally covering Inflatables 101, which is like pool toys and our squeaky friends and balloons and all that good shit. And I know that pretty much everyone in our Discord is like, Jazzy, what the hell are you talking about? I will never look at beach balls the same way. Today, that changes, because I will educate everyone who listens to the show, and I'm really excited. Yay! I'm excited. I'm ready for this. Heck yeah. So, some questions. And feel free to interject at any point and throw in your own questions and everything. Um, Sorry, I was checking my notes, getting started. Uh, so I have a couple of frequently asked questions, as it were. Uh, that being, how did it start? How did you get into this? Um, f- like most people with a fetish. Sorry, Daddy keeps sending me. God damn it. He sent me a Sailor Moon gif. How does it start, Jazzy? Oh, usually, how did by, usually by, you know, inflating it. That's usually how it Listen here, you little shit. (laughs) But, you know, I've been asked, like, how have you gotten into this? Like, I don't understand. And to that, I say, do people with a foot fetish understand how they got into it? Do people with other fetishes understand how they got into it? Oftentimes, you know, maybe yes. But sometimes a lot of people have no idea. And going back to literally their earliest childhood memories, that, like, the beginnings of a fetish were there and that is exactly how it happened with me and i don't know if there is some like freudian sexual imprinting there uh we don't really subscribe to freud on this show because he's kind of a wackadoodle and also a transphobe but i just i don't know how it got started but it's here now and that's all that matters and the second thing i always hear is what is the appeal of it And this is where we start to get into the meat and potatoes of the topic. And personally for me, and I don't mean to speak on behalf of like everyone because everyone's into it for different reasons and like different approaches. But for me personally, it is a combination of you've got like it's a it's a combination of a whole bunch of really good stims like the toys like feel really good and like they're soft and the plastic or like the vinyl is usually really soft and pliable and you can like lay down and it supports you and it's like really slippery when it's wet and all that good shit it's like all these good stims in one and like depending on like how the toy is made it's like easily mountable so people who like would like helplessly hump pillows as a teenager can probably relate to that last part a little bit, but it's, 
it's also like there's a lot of like very bright colors and it's it's a very like multi-sensory experience and it can be enjoyed with a partner or partners and it can also be enjoyed like solo and it's like a really nice like cathartic thing while also like having like an aspect of like you can collect in that you can like show off your collection you can communicate with a whole community and everything and that's more into like the next part but that's like really the appeal is i don't know exactly how i got into it but it's just always been there and it's just a very very cute soft aesthetic even if like the toy has like angry eyebrows and it's like a dragon scary whatever it's still like really really cute and like i don't know i really really love it I want to give you the talking stick here before I go into like my little like annotated presentation, as it were. I mean, if your big inflatable dragon has angry eyebrows, they're probably just going to dom you really hard. Probably. <laughs> probably. From the bottom, of course. From the bottom, of course. I mean, I mean. I mean, look at Speckles. <laughs> Look at Speckles. So what? I can't I, I, look at Speckles. He's not here. He's not here. He was going to be here, though. But um, what, if any, exposure do you have to this kink? Or, like, w was I, like, your first exposure to it? Or, like, what are your perceptions? Or just, like, hit me up. Honestly, I don't know that I've had a whole lot of exposure to it. Like, I, hmm. honestly, the only, like, inflatable thing that I've, I just, not in this context. Sir, I don't think in this context whatsoever. I, I mean, I've heard about it, but, you know, um, I think it just kind of fell into that category that, you know, your kink is not my kink, but your kink is okay. Yeah. Uh, we don't yuck other people's yum. When I was a little baby kinkster, way back baby. in the dark ages. <laughs> in the dark ages of AIM and MySpace. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, it was like MSN Messenger. <laughs> uh, oh, God. <laughs> On your AOL connection. Oh, good. I had dial-up, okay? Like, leave me alone. I did, too. <laughs> Oh, God. Having to pick between the phone and the computer. It was so bad. <laughs> My mom thought it'd be a great idea to pick up the phone when I was in the wilderness in RuneScape Classic back in, like, 2003 oh. or four. Oh, no. I lost my iron plate body, and I was pissed at her. <laughs> <laughs> I just... It but was... You, so you, like, you were saying. Honestly, like, when I first first started in kink the only inflatable things i knew were like inflatable insertables which are really fun in their own right mm -hmm. um but in this kind of realm of uh kinkiness i don't have i i can honestly say i have very little to no experience that feels weird to me <laughs> you know and that's okay because i've heard a ton of people say the exact same thing. Like, most people who aren't in, like, my fairy circles have never, ever, ever, ever heard of this. 
and it's brand new. Either that or like people's exposure is like through my strange addiction. And I'm just like, ooh, yikes. I've seen and we weird, talked like, about. I've seen stranger my strange addictions and I've never seen ones like this. Like the last one I saw was some person who just never cut their fingernails and it was gross. Yeah, it's like and we've talked about that show and why it's shitty and oh. problematic like a long, 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 long time ago. I think in like episode three. Oh, my God. It feels like no time has passed at all. And here we are in 26. <laughs> but so I'm here today to inundate you with facts and trivia and stuff that you will <laughs> never use to shed some better light on the community and the kink scene than media traditionally has. So are you ready, Mimi? Take notes, kids. There's a test later. There is a test later. It's in the Discord. Okay. <laughs> so the inflatable fetish, whether it be balloons, pool toys, um, other inflatables, anything, is a form of objectophilia which is defined in the DSM as a quote-unquote sexual targeting error in which the participants find sexual arousal in inanimate objects. Obviously, as kinksters, we don't see this as an error. It's just a quirk. And the specific type of objectophilia that this is is globophilia, which is not the same as the other definition of globophilia. It gets really confusing. So... The first recorded instance of someone having an inflatable fetish is all the way back in World War One, where a British army meteorologist wrote in his diary professing his love for playing with weather balloons. And he was drawing comparisons between them and mammary glands. And this is like a very common theme with a lot of people. It's like the actual shape of the object is very like pleasing to them and that's and it all the way back to the first example is really interesting that is one of the few things i do i cannot throw a specific linked resource on because that is something that i i read a long time ago and that link is far dead to the annals of history titty so balloon. moving titty balloons so after world war one uh, toy balloons were invented in the 1920s. It wasn't until the 50s that they really started, like, entering into suburban homes alongside vinyl pool toys, which that's an important distinction because a lot of people think that they're made of the same material and that they pop the same when balloons are made of latex and pool toys are made of PVC vinyl. And we'll get into... A little bit more on that later. Um, moving forward through the decades, the oldest uh, record of a fetish community dates back to 1976 with the Balloon Buddies Snail Mail Correspondence Group. And that is the group that coined the term lunar, which I hate that term with a burning passion, but it is technically part of the history, so I wanted to include it. Um, Another notable event here is that this is the decade in which Intex Corp was formed, and they will be very important later on. Um, so in the 80s, the pool toy fetish really started to uh, kick off because, you know, a lot of people either had this fetish or were developing it. And then 
getting to know each other through this correspondence group. This really started kicking off in the 80s, like I was saying, with the advent of porn on VHS, and also in the very, very, very early internet on uh, BBS chat rooms. I'm sorry, a forum, not chat rooms. That comes a little bit later in the course of the internet, but on BBS uh, user groups. Um, in the 90s, this is where we see like the advent of the internet and more forums and more user groups and more chat rooms. And as we know, a lot of adult communities and people sharing their kinks and a lot of people discovering the kink for the first time and people sharing JPEGs back and forth. Um... This is where the fetish explodes. And this is a very, very iconic era and where a lot of older members in the community think that it was like a quote-unquote golden age, which I'm not saying it isn't. It, it wasn't mine personally, but I can totally see that. And that's because um, not only was the fetish really popping off, pun intended, but also Intex released a ton of iconic toys. This is where they released like the 48-inch uh, six-panel beach ball they released, um, the orca and the dolphin, basically toys that everyone has seen before came out or were, like, very, very popular in this era because of companies like Bestway and Intex and that sort of thing. At this point, it's important to note that these companies had no idea that the community existed. So in the 2000s... Um, a lot more websites, like, specifically devoted to the kink. A lot more chat rooms, a lot more porn, and a lot of iconic toys, and also some new companies. This is the era in which we saw the birth of community-made designs, or what we call customs or custom toys. Uh, chief among them in this era being Puffy Paws and G&G. &G. Um which we will talk about those in a second because they are really important. And then this is also in the 2000s where the pool toy scene and the furry fandom start to like coalesce together because this is also where obviously the furry fandom existed in the 90s. We know this, but it really started to come together in this era where you can't really go on an inflatable form without butting heads with like, 70,000 furries, and you can't go into a furry circle without seeing at least one person into pool toys. Um, one of the most notable things in this era was the phthalate ban of 2007. I have no idea how to pronounce this, but I feel like I got it right. Um, so all toys produced in 2008 or later had their plasticizer replaced, and that is the chemical compound that makes toys like tough and flexible and stretchy and smell so great. Uh, that's what a plasticizer does, specifically a phthalate plasticizer. The new material without phthalates is stiffer and less pliable and less durable. It has a very distinct chemical smell. And it's very sharp, and I hate it personally. Um, the reason why it was banned is because certain phthalates were found to uh, be endocrine disruptors, which if you know anything... That's not good. Uh, this affects the hormones that affect the reproductive systems. And that's really not good. Um, they were rumored to cause infertility, <clears throat> low sperm count, damaged DNA in the sperm and egg cells. Lots of bad shit. Uh, 
a vast majority of these tests were carried out on animals. It's important to note. And then they were also alleged um, to cause breast cancer, autism, insulin resistance, obesity. I, I saw one claiming it causes brain cancer. And it's important to note, this is all if you are like consuming phthalates and not just playing with them and rubbing your dick on them. So <laughs> it's like there are there's a very big demand for toys pre-2007 because it has this like death chemical in it supposedly and it's just like oh yeah give me the give me the cancer balls they're so good but it's just very very interesting and obviously it's not safe for children and it's not safe to put in your mouth and everything and like i said at the start of the episode in the disclaimer we are not medical professionals this is not medical advice this is just part of the history i'm sharing like a widely held opinion in the community so uh yeah, go go for it. If it's not safe to put in your mouth, are you sure you should be having them? Mimi, I swear to God, <laughs> I am being a big girl and doing my podcast. I did a research project. Am I wrong? Though? I didn't. <laughs> no. Okay, Moving on. Is, is am I the only one who finds it ironic that we're talking about fetishizing a pool toy? that will make you sterile. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> I feel like it's a little ironic. <laughs> the, you know, there's uh, someone <laughs> floated the theory. I'm not sure if I subscribe to it, but someone floated the theory, a conspiracy theory that uh, scientists put these chemicals into the toys to get them addicted to them. And everyone was like, uh, so I made this toy for you. It's made of aluminum foil. And we'll see how it works. <laughs> it's crazy shit. So moving forward uh, into the 2010s, this is where we see uh, Puffy Paws specifically, but also custom toys in general, really explode. Um, with Puffy Paws very specifically dominating this landscape. Uh, in 2009, they released... Uh, the first toy, which was their Husky. And then in 2010, moving forward, not in order, they had Timberwolf, Sea Dragon, Vixen, Fox, Bunny, Zenith Dragon, Snow Leopard, Otter, a bunch of more one-off custom toys, and most importantly, Speckles. My boy, my boy Speckles. The goodest boy of all. Um, some other companies relevant to this era include inflatableworld.de uh, Aaron who made the Aaron dragon which he is controversial and problematic but he did put out a very iconic toy so it's important to note him in the history um, horseplay and then like I said earlier G&G &G, even though they kind of went meow in this era unfortunately um, this is also where we saw the beginning of uh, Hongyi which is a Chinese company whose sole mission is to, get this, is to counterfeit Puffy Paws toys and other custom toys. <laughs> and <laughs> I can't make this up. And that's like a really cool like footnote as, as to just how big the community is. That bootleggers in China think the community is big enough and profitable enough 
to start devoting part of their factory to doing a whole line of custom-made bootleg inflatables that are sex toys. And it's like, it's so wild. And it's like, it's not like they don't know. They absolutely know. They put, well, this is a perfect segue into my next little part. Uh, The 2010s is where we saw the perfection of the SPH. Miss Mimi, do you know what an SPH is? Uh, no. Okay, so the term SPH comes from the furry community, and it stands for strategically placed hole, and that is what the ahem, ins and outs on a mersuit are referred to as. So, like, all the entry points for the dick on a mersuit are called SPHs. This is where a user named Forks showed everyone how to make like perfect SPHs for pool toys. And he did them on really, really, really rare and expensive uh, toys. Obviously he cut his teeth doing them on like insects, like dolphins and whales and stuff, but he perfected them and show the world, like, this is what I can do on a pink Puffy Paws Husky, which there are only four of in the world, and on uh, wolves. He's largely, like, super inactive now, and his website is offline, but in the show notes, I've included a Wayback Machine link to his old website, along with a ton of other resources used in this, where you can learn more if you want to. But this is, he, I watched a ton of porn of some of his work, and they really are incredible. Like, he's done, like, multi-mods where a toy will have, like, an anus, like, a vagina, and then a mouth, and multiple people are using it at once, and it's incredible work. And since he's largely kind of gone, like, into the ether, a lot of these toys are worth a hell of a lot of money, because they're not necessarily getting made by him anymore. And there are some people that have stepped up to the plate to, you know, take the challenge of making the perfected SPH. And a lot of them are in a uh, chat channel that I'm in, and we'll probably link this episode to. So hi, all of you. So this is by no means to, like, shit talk on any other members of the community who are also making amazing SPHs. But if Forks is the one whom we all owe a ton of credit to. Um, and that brings us to this decade, the 2020s, which is starting off kind of bullshitty, but we will see where the community goes from here. And now it, we've reached like peak saturation. If I mean, actually, no, that's a lie. We're probably going to get even bigger in the furry fandom to where it's like a lot of extremely popular, important members of the fandom have like, puffy paws and like custom toys and a bunch of stuff like just chilling in their rooms next to their fursuits and it's really cool so that is a very concise but as comprehensive as i can make it history and explanation of this fetish community i'm going to jerk my jerk now last week we were a cooking show this week we're a history lesson we're multifaceted that's what we do here at dear jeffy 
Here at Dear Jassy, we are a very high production value program who you should absolutely throw money to our Patreon. Wink! I've got to tell you, I had an absolute blast researching this. Really? And it's like, I had I had all of this, like, in my brain, but I still wanted to, like, dig up, like, specific links and resources so people didn't think I was, like, talking out of my ass and everything. But I had so much fun doing this. I was talking to Chloe from The Usual Bet earlier. She's like, Jazzy, what are you up to? I was just like, I'm doing a research project. And she's like, holy shit. What even is my life anymore? So yes, that... Yes, it is. But yeah, that is Pool Toys 101. And I hope that shares some... Sheds some light, rather... Uh, on the community and answer some questions. So hopefully that helps. Miss Fimi, we have a show to do, and we have lots of questions to answer on the show that we do. We do, but I have one thing that I'm going to bring up before we go into that. those questions. It's pretty quick. Also, do because it. because uh, we're, a, you know, a food show. <laughs> um, Apparently. I have this other server that I'm a part of and they share that, you know, we have a channel for food porn. Mm-hmm. What in the fresh hell are Wendy's Baconator Pringles? What the fuck? What the fuck? I just got the image. What? What is, what <laughs> is this? This is the most American just, bullshit I've like, ever seen. Just like a single Pringle just like dipped in bacon grease or like... <laughs> Ew! Like, what in the f- what? Oh, that's so vile. Why right? would you say that? I, well, wow. <laughs> it's a Baconator Pringle. Like, what the hell is this shit? America. I am so disappointed to say that Wendy's was started in my state. I just. I'm very depressed. I can't even. I. So we have some questions to answer. Well, this is a good one to uh, to start on, though. Uh, apparently, my cat wants to join too. Um, oh my goodness! I think she stretched too far, and then she just like chirped at herself. I don't even know. Oh. Um, dear jazz band, and <laughs> mighty Mimi, I'm a superhero. What can I say? You are. What are your opinions on pre and post marital hand holding? And that is from this. Oh, listen, okay. I'm like, my mind has been blown up, inflated because pool toys. Um, <laughs> it's from Raph, the holder of hands, pronouns he, him. What's my opinion? I got your picture. I'm not coming with you. Sex before marriage is a sin. That's my opinion on pre and post marital hand holding. Next question. I mean, my opinion is hold all the hands all the damn time. Always. Yep. After you're 18, fuck it. Hold every hand you see. Fuck it. Hold hands before you're 18. I don't care. You're holding hands. Mimi, do you... Jazz. Mimi. Jazz. Mimi. You have to ask someone who is of age for enthusiastic consent to hold their hand. What do you think this is? What kind of hand-holding brothel are you running under my nose? 
You sick fuck. I mean, what about all the the, you know, the friends that hold hands because they want to be friends? Oh, they want to be friends, all right. Jazzy, there are multiple levels of hand-holding. I'll have you know. Oh, yeah, there are. <laughs> oh, my God. My favorite kind of hand-holding <laughs> is when Daddy holds my pussy. It's the best kind of hand-holding. <laughs> I just heard him cackle from downstairs. Okay, moving on. Um... <laughs> Next question. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I didn't look at it. I just copied pasted it. This is from Rebecca pronouns. She heard dear Jazzy. Which do you prefer? Dadu or Biba? <laughs> oh, no. no. Basically, you're completely screwed. No. Why would anyone send in that question? Oh my god. Stop. Next question, please. I didn't hear an answer. Did you hear an answer? I didn't hear. Oh, oh god, daddy just walked up the stairs. God damn it, what are you doing here? It's my house. <laughs> <laughs> it is your house. You came up to you to bully me. Right when I was doing an embarrassing question, too. Stop looking at me like that, dude. I love you, too. Please don't intrude during embarrassing questions. Well, we got another one, so that's crack. good. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. He's giving me the look. This is a bit. Mm. We're doing a bit right mm. now. <laughs> okay, he's sitting down. It says he's staying real. Uh, to answer the question, I vastly prefer Bebos because they don't pop and give me anxiety. Next question, please. Oh my god, stop looking <laughs> at me! <laughs> this is from Jamie, goddess of cupcakes, she, her, they, them. Dear Jazz Pupper, are you housebroken? No! Next question. <laughs> this is from Lizzie, they, them. Dear Jazzy, as an anxious pupper and doggo, does your daddy and owner have to keep you crated on the 4th of July or cuddles you all night so you don't panic from loud noises or fireworks? Well, Lizzie, they them pronouns. Uh, that is what weighted blankets are for, for scary thunderstorms or anything like that. I actually used to be petrified of fireworks because I had a very, very acute sensitivity to loud and sudden noises. Whereas an adult, I'm all about it. Thunderstorms, though, I'm very hit or miss on. Very hit or miss. It depends on my headspace. But uh, when they're, when I am scared at night, he absolutely like holds me close and throws away the blanket on me. And it's wonderful. So, okay. yeah. Okay. This is from Koneko. She, her. Dear Jazzy. How do you find more local play spaces that are not only little friendly, but little ready? This I actually just got asked this on my Twitter as well. This is really difficult. Uh, because while it is true that if you look everywhere you are, there is a fetish community. I can absolutely guarantee that. You may live in, like, bumfuck rural USA. I can guarantee you there is a fetish community somewhere within, like, 
25 miles of you somewhere. It, it is a thing. When it comes to little ready play spaces, that is a bit more challenging. Simply because um, we've talked about in the past how the cross-section of ABDL and BDSM in the larger kink community is still a relatively new thing. And how there are a lot of old guard BDSM members that think, Oh, BDSM is the only way to practice is when I'm beating women. And a lot of people think that that is like the only expression of BDSM when like 99% of us know that that's bullshit. But a lot of people are very hesitant to first point include ABDL as a thing that is allowed in their play spaces and dungeons, much less to like build out a nursery or a daycare. Uh, the dungeon that daddy and I frequent is very like unique and extremely progressive in that regard where not only do they have like fire play and racks and like crosses and all and oh and like a pain clinic where you can get sliced and diced and bleed all over the floor but they also include like a fully equipped daycare with free to use diapers that you can just take and they restock them like on the regular and it's really cool um that I found just I kind of just stumbled into it on accident because I was looking around for when Daddy and I started to uh, come together, I was looking around for play spaces because I asked him, like, hey, where can we stop giving me that look? Oh, my God. I asked him, hey, um, I really want to do suspension. What type of gear do I need to invest in? And he said, that's not something that you generally do in your home or much less your apartment. Usually most people have to go to a dungeon. So I said, okay, Cleveland, Ohio, BDSM dungeons. Boom. First result, Cleveland Academy of Fetish Arts. Whammo, blammo, got my uh, membership card. We're in. And um, on the tour, one of the rooms that they had was a nursery. And I was like, uh, yes, absolutely. And I've been a very, <laughs> very, I've been excited to go back every weekend ever since. Um, obviously that is difficult with COVID and everything and it sucks, but it's better to stay safe and everything. So that's, that's a thing. Um, but when it comes to finding a little ready play space, I would go on, um, FetLife and then go to your like local BDSM group or your local H play or ABDL group. And then like ask around and see like who has, uh, a dungeon with a nursery or who has like a nursery either in their home or as like a commercial <clears> business <throat> thing you never know until you ask around and that networking will take you really far in this community because you'll be able to potentially find partners and then be able to vet people through like community um, reputation and all that good stuff so there's that I don't think I have anything to add to that. Not at all. I mean, your answer to the question was, fuck, I'm just going to start my own nursery, don't you know? I mean... I... I, you know, I wanted... I, mm, 
I would eventually like to have my own place where I can host play parties again. That would be ideal. Um, but I mean, I don't know when that's going to happen. I've been fortunate that I have come across some very open-minded folks and some very great folks. Um, when it comes to play spaces and uh, some really, really lovely communities. So I don't really have anything to add. Honestly, I found everything through FetLife and word of mouth. Um, the, honestly, just be open to talking around your communities. Uh, don't be afraid to vet people and go with your gut. Your gut's telling Absolutely. you something's off. It probably is. Absolutely, this. So yeah, that is all I've got on that one. Want to do the next one? Yeah. Um. What do we got here? Um. This is from. Oh my gosh, it's all crowded together. Hold on. This is from so Jamie sorry. at the Burlington Cheese Coat Factory. She, her. Um, as, okay, so, dear Padded Pup and Canuck Cheetah. Aw. Aw. As a trans woman who's recently started to come out, I've been looking into getting more femme-esque clothes. And I say femme-esque because fuck gendering inanimate objects like clothing, but you get the point. Absolutely. From your experiences, where would be the best place for me to start looking into things like dresses, particularly regards to measuring them and getting a hold of someone who isn't out publicly yet? Getting a hold of them as someone who isn't out publicly yet. Also, as uh, one more caveat, Amazon is a no-go because fuck these up. Agreed. Thank you for any tips pointing me in the right direction. Well, Jamie at the Burlington Cheese Co. Factory, pronoun she, her. Um, I always have had really, really great luck at Torrid, which Torrid is, I think, either a subsidiary of Hot Topic or related to. But for the brief time I was in the professional sector, uh, they are, and also Dress Barn, those are the two places where I got about... 99% of my professional wardrobe dresses included um not only are their sizes super duper like variable and forgiving and really great for trans bodies I've never had an experience there that was negative or like shitty or where I wasn't read as anything other than my true female self even before I was on hormones like it was almost like an unwritten thing However, that is very dependent on the area that you live in. And I live in Cleveland, which has its red parts. However, overwhelmingly, we are a very blue county in a very blue area. So I had some really good luck there. Um, and then with Dress Barn, they also have a lot of really inclusive policies. Like, Again, I've never had any trouble there. They are very trans-friendly every time I was there. And every trans person I took there, they were very friendly to. 
and I say that as in, you know, you are very much at the mercy of your area and also the peop- the other shoppers, which very much you could run into a Karen and everything. But those are the places that I would recommend. What do you say? I agree that it, it's, it's definitely based a little bit on your area. Um, and it kind of depends on the experience you're looking for. Right. So keep in mind, like, do you want to go to the store and try something on there and kind of feel it out? Or do you want to go to the store, find something you like, bring it home and try it on? Now, the latter of the two has more risks where it comes, you know, um, things not fitting or things not, you know, going the way you hope. Right. Um, that, then you have to deal with returns. Yeah. So, I mean, I have had really good success with Torrid. Torrid's never, ever been anything but fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had really good success with uh, Old Navy. I've had really good success with. Really? I don't, I've never had issues with Old Navy. Everybody's been so lovely. That's awesome. Um, I can honestly say I haven't been in Old Navy since like my emo phase started back in middle school. <laughs> I have a bunch of friends that have been very successful with Hot Topic. Absolutely. Um, I, and you know what one store that I really 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 love that a lot of people don't even think about is Cleo really? Cleo is a fucking fantastic now I mean I get a lot of mom clothes there like I get the mom vibes super good but like that is your aesthetic I mean yeah but this staff is just really lovely Additionella is really good too if you're um, if you're going in that into those stores they're really lovely um, I can't believe I didn't mention H&M. I don't shop at H&M. I don't either, simply because their shit doesn't really fit me, and they can be on the expensive side. Yeah. Also, none of their clothes ever fit me, so... Yeah. Yeah, no, after estrogen happened, and I got my uh, thighs, it just didn't happen. They're one of the stores where it's just like, oh... We only carry sizes one, three, and five to make a very, very ham-fisted Mean Girls reference. Get in, losers. We're going shopping. (laughs) Me and all the trans girls on the server. (laughs) But, um, yeah, no, those are all really, really good suggestions. Um... One other thing I will say is that Victoria's Secret has never been anything short of amazing. Uh, That's where I got my first bra sized up. That's where I got my second bra sized up. That's where I got my third sizing. They have always been so super duper incredible and like very affirming and very cool. And there's an instance where I went in and someone with a shopping cart full of husky puppies came in while I was buying bras. So if that isn't a blessing, I don't know what is. In the same breath um, as Canada, uh, La Senza is really good, too. They've been really fantastic. And 
it, you're gonna run into any kinds of stores like we can give you all the stores that have worked for us but there's always a possibility you're gonna run into the store um and it's just something is gonna go wrong and all i can tell you is you basically you can do one of two things that leave you with the power in your hands you can turn around and if somebody starts giving you grief, particularly staff, like if another customer is giving you grief, you can tell them to fuck off and leave you alone. Um, but if a staff member is giving you grief, the best way to go about it in my book is either drop everything then and there. I don't care where you drop it. I don't care. <laughs> If they're going to be rude to you, drop it on the floor. I don't fucking care. Just walk out. Absolutely. Or. Yeah, no, that's a that's a power move. Yep. If they're going to start kicking off, um, just drop it then and there and walk out. Or just straight up don't react. And that's really hard to do because it's it's really difficult to like. Um, I don't want to say like have a thick skin because that's not really what I want to like. How I want to put it, but it's really difficult to not react to something that is potentially so um, impactful. But right. the thing you got to remember too is when people are being like that, they don't give a shit about how you feel. They are doing one of two things trying to get a reaction from you or trying to make you feel like shit, which is the same thing to get a reaction out of you. If you give right. them nothing, they lose everything. And I I don't know. Like, you don't it's your money. If people are gonna be shitty to you, you don't have to put up with that. Right. And these stores especially don't want to lose sales since like we're seeing the death of retail and capitalism. Yes. But a lot of these stores don't want to lose customers, so if you're making gestures like showing that you're just going to fuck off and leave, a lot of shitty employees will just like crumble and be like, no, 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 I don't want to lose commission. Yeah. But also it's important to note that a lot of people in service right now are Gen X millennials and zoomers. So it's not, and a lot of, you know, of us have gone through the service retail gauntlet and we're not shitty to people but you know there are some like hangers on there just like dog shit and so for those people that's how you deal with them go with a friend too if you're nervous Absolutely. about it take a friend get somebody that you trust and bring a friend I can't tell you how much grief it'll save you because if somebody wants to start shit, they're not going to start shit if you're not alone. Right. There is power in numbers. So, yeah. That's all I got on that one. I I think we... Yup. Yup. <laughs> hopefully... <laughs> I think we... Yup. Hopefully that helps. Yes. Shall we do the next one? This is a long question. This is a good question. Oh, yeah. It's very good. It's long. 
Oh, I'm going to have to get my radio voice for this one. Oh, okay. It's going to say, whip out that golden throat. <sighs> no, that's why I call podcast episode 69. <laughs> or volume 69. Mm. <laughs> nice. Jazzington Pop. PhD piddles her diapers. And wow. Nurse Mimi. Aw. I was just talking about Aww. her outfits today. Aw. A little who very much. Wait. I'm a little who very much. Wait. This isn't. I'm a little who very much enjoys various types of play. Not just in like multiple styles of kink and fetishes, but also variety of little play. Me personally, I'm a brat, but I also like to be a good girl. But I also like to brat a bit when I'm a good girl or be a brat to be forced to be a good girl. Hot. The concept of hard and soft little spaces was brought up to me. Soft when you want to be innocent, non-sexual things. Well, hard being you want it all, a little bit of pain with your pleasure, so to speak. In a way, I'm speaking on duality in the sense of one's kink sphere. Wow, she went all out with the, the research too, huh? Stevenson yeah. writes about the duality of human nature, and this plays in with my sense of self to a T. More of an idea of the duality of Bab and how oneself can't really be nailed down to one defining thing. Like, I very much consider myself sour and sweet due to this. And I'm curious about your ideas on the idea of duality in the context of kink play and how you think it frames the conversation in the community as a whole. Does it make them sort of... Uh, does it make it easier to accept themselves or some just deny themselves thinking they have to pick and choose what makes them well them sort of like a struggle of feeling like you have to be one thing thanks as always for putting up with my very deep and sometimes hashtag rough questions i super love hearing the questions and topics every week and it just means a lot to me cloud puddles uh -huh. the first the only the ba she her she her Wow, that's a really, really good question. I think... Um, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think you better talk first. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I very much am a person who believes in the idea of balance, whether it be in little space or even in like my spiritual life. I don't really like believing in extreme opposites. I just like believing in existence as it were but without getting into like spirituality and philosophy too deeply you know there is um a concept that i feel aids itself really well to stevenson's idea of duality to where you can't see how light the light is without seeing how dark the dark is and vice versa and the way i'm going to apply that is i don't think you can see just how good a good girl is or a good little is without seeing how bratty a brat can be. And you can't see how bratty a brat can be without seeing how good a good little can be. 
Like, these two things are... I feel like a lot of the times they are written as diametrically opposed, but they cannot exist without each other. And they are both so, so, so important. And that's why I get really frustrated when when people say that, you know, all brats are abusive and they're shitty and they're bad and brats are bad. I think that's really, really, really short-sighted. Mainly because in order for there to be like an ecosystem of littleness and this also includes like brat subs and then obedient subs just in general in order for there to be equilibrium and like quote unquote balance in the force as it were you know there has to be there has to be some kind of equilibrium there and if like every little was a super like alpha good little it would be really boring really fast like you have to have some brattiness in there and have some brats in the community to make things spicy and like exciting and have there be like some like spontaneity and like rule breaking and i know that for me for my little space that adds a little bit of excitement and flair because as everyone knows i am like i pride myself on being a good girl and then there's the part of me who enjoys being bullied a little bit you know and it kind a lot <laughs> within my bound within my boundaries i enjoy being bullied and once you know it the people who are really really good at delivering that are the brats that i'm friends with and when people say like oh brats are abusive and i just kind of look at my brat friends and, and i just think you know they're not abusive they're actually really amazing so that kind of just hurts a little bit to hear people spout that kind of nonsense and then conversely if every single little was a brat then we wouldn't have bigs wanting to participate in our community i feel like the community wouldn't be a thing because everyone would be like oh shit you know all littles do is just act up and obviously we know that's not true because we have an equilibrium in the community and that's inherently a good thing uh for me personally when it comes to duality as i've said you know i pride myself in being a good girl and for all the times I, you know, quote unquote, act out, the way Daddy and I justify it, it's just like, oh, you're one and a half, you don't know any better. And that, you know, what that does is, is that doesn't take, that helps me, like, rationalize acting out without feeling like it takes away from my identity as a good girl, if you know what I mean. This is a really deep question. This has a lot of layers. And this is really cool. So I'm going to give you the talking stick. I think that the sense of duality applies to just so many things. And the thing is, like, <clears throat> you talk about balance. And we talk about balancing the duality within ourselves. But we also balance dualities with our partners, right? think about it like this. Oh, yes. You have a little who sometimes lashes out, sometimes brats, sometimes is a good girl. You know, you have all of these different things going on at once. And that's just kind of how we, we are as humans, right? Like we mm -hmm. we're very complex, but you're balancing those dualities with your caregiver who is balancing their own dualities of like 
like for me like i kind of look at okay so like i have my my ground rules that i always like there are some rules that i have that i am not i just don't budge Mm. um i have my more disciplinarian type side of things where you see lots of creative and terrible punishments come from uh i have you know the soft you know gentle squishy mommy that just cuddles you up and just like gushes over you like there's so many layers to it and the thing is like it applies to us as far as the conversation in the community goes it applies to us in so many ways and i think that it's this pressure to to categorize ourselves mm-hmm. and the pressure of like oh well i have a i have, let me give you an example i have a friend who lives a few hours away from me and they define themselves as a mistress so mm-hmm. Their primarily primary relationship dynamic is the master slave relationship dynamic. Right. There was a lot of stigma, a lot of um, criticism because of how she goes about doing her dynamic insofar of that expectation of what you're category if you will your identification means you know she is a very strict but very loving um mistress and like you know you have your kinds of mistresses doms tops masters whatever your title may be that can break you with a single phrase because of how they carry themselves and how they carry their tone of voice and all of that such, right? Because, you know, voices... I mean, you know how powerful voices. I'm just... I'm not going to leave it at that. Um, Absolutely. She's very different in that she doesn't, like, command her respect and command um, with, like, just uh it's hard to explain but she's literally the personification of kill them with kindness Mm, and it mm -hmm. is the coolest thing because like there's so much to it right she can be insanely strict but as sweet as pie at the same time so she's got a velvet glove over the iron fist oh she got spikes under that velvet glove Huff, yeah, it's a vampire glove, with a silk, it's a vampire glove, a silk covering. Nice, but like it's you know, there's so much pressure for us to fall into one category that I think it leads a lot of people to have these like, you know, crisis of identity of where do I fit in? Why you know, is it okay for me to you know for me like think about it like this, in. I'd say like nine out of 10 realms of the kink spaces that I'm involved in, I will either be in the dominant position or the top position or 
however you want to define it. But I have experienced bottoming and subbing in a few of my um, ventures more regularly than others. And that is for multiple reasons. One, it's hella fun. And two, you know, um, it helps me learn. And that's okay. You know, like, there's no... Like, I'll bottom for impact. I'll bottom for rope. That shit's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't make you less of a tom. Exactly. And the thing that you gotta remember, too, is that... And you'll hear it left, right, and center. There is no one way to do BDSM. There is right. no one way to define yourself. You are who you are. And it's not about finding the people... You know, I, I heard um, somebody say that they're too complicated and their puzzle piece is too complex thing is when you find the right people and you find comfort in just being yourself the people that you kind of find yourself with their puzzle pieces are usually about as complex as yours the thing about it is mm -hmm. they just fit it just kind of works it just works Thank you, Steve Jobs. It's, I think, pretty much all I got. Like, Right. Just don't put yourself into so much pressure. Just be you. Let, You're allowed to like what you like. Let Doms enjoy things. For fuck's sake, let Doms enjoy things. It doesn't make them less of a Dom. That's one of my biggest pet peeves. And, like, if you're talking about your, your own duality in little space... Think about it like this. Have you ever met any child who is always perfect behave? Never. Have you ever met somebody who has never lashed out ever in their life? Never, ever, ever, ever. There's no reason that you have to be perfect. There's no reason you have to be into one singular category you want right. to be a good girl absolutely and maybe that's your base state sure you're a good girl like solid like 80% of the time but because we flex and flux so much we're gonna have off days we're gonna have days where we lash out we're gonna have days where we say things that we just don't mean we're gonna have days where you know sometimes we just want to sit in the corner and cry you know these things happen but the trick about it is realizing when they happen and how to handle them yourself. And even more importantly, your partner knowing how to handle them. Because mm -hmm. if you're afraid to let those quirks or shades of yourself come out because you don't know how your partner's going to react, you've got some other things to worry about there right that's a bigger conversation knowing that your partner will be okay is huge I had um, 
my abuser t tell me once that all brats are doing is topping from the bottom. How that's, fucked up is that? That's severely fucked. And you know the part that bothers me the most? Hmm. They try to give advice to people and teach people about this shit. Oh my god, you told me about this person. It bothers me that they have such, you know, when people have such jaded, one-sided opinions about things like that, that frankly are just so far from the truth. It's like, what's the point, you know? Right. Honestly, though, be you. Be yourself. Be you. you are the only person who could be 100% authentically you, and you are beautiful. You are beloved. You are loved. We, you know, the right people come into our lives for a reason. And I'm telling you, the right people are going to love every single inch of you. Well said. Very well said. I don't have anything else to say. I, I think I'm uh, wisdomed out. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to say, you know, that's good. Let's do the second to last one. Mm -hmm. Also, thank you, Cloud Puddles. That was really, really insightful. Also, thank you for making it long. I like to read these things. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Dear Jazzy and Miss Mimi, have y'all ever considered? I can't do it. <laughs> Howdy, y'all! <laughs> ever considered doing a live stream podcast via Twitch or some other platform and answer questions live? If you've done that already or it's been talked about, sorry I missed it. Thanks. The last box on the left. Wrath. Pronouns he, him. That's a interesting question. You know, I absolutely have considered it before. I don't think I would ever live stream on Twitch. That's because Twitch is like a toxic cesspool of like gamer chuds. But I if we were to live stream, I think it would either be done on Discord or in Second Life or both. Mainly because in my second life house, I've been wanting to set up like a like a recording studio room, like Studio Starshine, yeah, to to do the show out of in world, and everything, and have people be able to like sit in the studio while you and I record the show and like hear us and everything. I always thought that'd be cool. Your jazzy um, is recorded in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> precisely, and then when it comes to Discord. I absolutely have been. It's more of like a technical question mm. based on like how we record and everything. But if Mimi would be up for it, I'd absolutely be willing to like to like look into it and like possibly figure it out. Obviously, that rules out a couple of things like like some sound quality things and also like some like some editing things. 
like we wouldn't be able to edit live in case one of us says something stupid. Okay. But you know that kind of um, that kind of adds to the fun of the live experience. All right. Don't say stupid things, Mimi. Uh, don't don't, don't say, do it. The rule of thumb is don't say anything that will get you canceled. It's really simple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Jazzy, Jazzy. Speaking of stupid. But Mimi. Things, yes. Do you want to hear a house joke? A what? Do you want to hear a like a, a house joke? Uh, sh- sure. Actually, you know what? You know what? I got a better one. How about a roof joke? Oh my god! This is going to be one of your dad jokes. It's on the house. Oh! <laughs> Are you serious? All right! All right! All right! All right! All right! Just, all right, one, dear last, Jazzy just is one last one. I'll tell you what. I, I got a better one this time. It's a joke about no. paper. No. You're right. It's terrible. No, tell me. It's terrible. You know, a joke about. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> no. Don't congratulate yourself, you fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Okay, last question. Let's wrap this shit up. Part of the fun about these jokes is waiting to see how long it takes people to get it. Hardy har har, read the question. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, baby. Please don't leave. Uh, This is from Honey Lemon. Pronouns she, her. Dear Jazz and Mim. I have to add that to my title card. (laughs) Tell me about a kink that you have that you don't really explore much, and why? Is it because lack of equipment, or maybe it's just too morally dubious for you to actually do? You both talk a lot about ABDL, but we know that you have lots of colorful interests. TBH, I love having stuff up my butt, but I am such a wuss. And, like, I really want to be not a wuss so I can have more things in my butt. And it's and I'm sure that daddy would agree with me on that. He, too, would like me to have the ability to have large things in my butt. But that is a matter of training. And I'm at the point where I am very, very tight and it very, very much hurts. So that is one. But when it comes to... Um, not exploring much. I don't know. I've always thought like electro could be cool, but we don't have like a kit for that. Um, I'm trying to think of some other things. We surprisingly don't have a flogger at home. We have a lot of other implements, but we don't have any floggers at home. How do you not so, have a flogger when your co-host makes floggers? <laughs> that's a damn good we need question. To fix, and we that, need to fix this. <laughs> That is a question for Daddy Gray. So send you your questions <laughs> to Dear Gray, blah, 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 signed name and pronouns. No, but for real, uh, I have not been flogged in a very long time and I have not gotten much, um, not got, gotten much playtime with that lately. Future House, uh, a lot of the stuff we have at the dungeon is obviously stuff I cannot access right now because of COVID. 
Um, I miss the rack. I miss the crosses, the floggers, a lot of stuff. Just from, like, not being able to access it right now, and it kind of blows. But that is my answer. What is yours? A lot of the kinks and things that I don't get to involve myself with is usually because of lack of equipment specifically, lack of space, and sometimes just lack of people. Yeah. Like, one thing that a lot of people actually don't know about me is when I, um, hmm, before I moved to the current city that I'm in, I had a handful of workshops that I used to do. Mm-hmm. One of the workshops that I used to do was a three-part session where I taught people about fisting. Nice. And that's an adventure and a half, let me tell you. That um, sounds like a story for a future episode. It's it's not that much of a story. Like, I used to run, you know, three parts, one with the receiver, one with the giver, and one with both. And a lot of it is talking about safety and practice and warm up and all of that stuff. Because, like, one of the things that you don't even think about when you're doing that, a lot of people don't think about it, is the importance of proper hydration. Mm. And you're just like, yeah, well, we get lots of lube. We're going to practice. And, like, they can do all the things right. And, like, you can get, like, your <laughs> shit tons of lube, man. Holy fuck. Yeah. Like, when we did no, these classes, real. we bought lube by the gallon. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, we're talking big bottles of lube that had, like, depressor, like, like, kind of. Oh, my God. Like, just, oh, it was brutal. But, like, you can do. So what I'm hearing you say is that the 55 oil drum, 55-gallon <laughs> oil drum of lube on Amazon Prime would be very useful for that. I don't think we get through that much lube. But Aww. before it expires, no, probably not. But like, you could do everything right, but still not have success because your receiver is not properly hydrated. The thing about hydration is it also helps your body's elasticity. Mm, it's, there's okay. just there's so much to it. Like keeping yourself hydrated helps so much with so many things, and like. There's there's other factors too. I mean, there's there's tons of things you've got to consider. Um, but like that's one so that I. So water. So water is a human plasticizer. I mean, sort of. Like you got to think about it, right? Like water, our bodies are made up of so much water, right? So like when we stay right. hydrated, our skin is you know healthier. We. Um, our veins are plumper. Like there's so much going on when your body has enough water to do what it needs to do that it's you're going to just have more success with doing things so the secret to me having my ass railed again <laughs> is just drinking a shit ton of water I'm here for this I mean it will help I'm not going to tell you it's a cure-all but it will help and take that's good and taking your it time you know the thing is like you're working muscle right and that, that, that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the thing that, like, when when you're, um, like, when you're talking vaginal fisting in particular, that muscle was designed 
to pump babies with the size of small watermelons out of it. Like, you can get a fist into that. You just need to practice. Believe. Well, no. I mean, if you're going to, you know, if there's a baby coming Not out, you don't have a whole lot of practice for that one. But I'm going to say, <laughs> like, you, you can, it's a muscle. And you can work your muscles and help your muscles learn what you want them to do. It just takes patience and time and a little bit of knowledge. <laughs> but like, that's right. one that I, I, you know, know a fair bit about and I've been I've done before. Um, I mean, I really am fascinated by fireplay. I know how it works. I know the theory mm -hmm. behind it. I have done it once, but it is not something I have ready access to. I don't have any of the equipment. I also don't know enough people who are like super well versed in it. So when it comes to um, I, I take a lot of pride in learning my craft and knowing it super well so I can do it for and on other people. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to harder stuff like that. And as such, if I ever sub for somebody, I am super choosy. So like, that's one of the other things that means I don't get to explore very much is because I am really, 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 really picky. <laughs> for good reason. I mean, yeah, it keeps me safe and it, you know, it's, it limits me in so far as I may not get as many experiences, but the experiences I do get are wonderful. Are really good. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. There's lots of, I do a lot of impact stuff. I do, you know, I'd like to do some more rope stuff, um, but that falls into learning my craft some more because I know a fair amount, but I, I want to learn, want to learn more. I also need more rope. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, the, that is the, that is the struggle of rope plays. You always need more rope or but you always need like new colors. The one that I have enjoyed a lot. Oh man, it's so good. Is a combination. And this one, it's just, you need somebody to do it with. Um, a combination of sensation play and wax. So here. Yes, that's here, my favorite. Hear me out. Hear me out. Right. It's so good. Full blank canvas, just straight. Like, let's say. Shoulder blades to ass cheeks. Mm hmm. Okay. Um, with a gap around your tailbone. Because we right. stay away from that. Anyway, so we do the ass cheeks, do the designs from like, you know, a step above your tailbone up to your shoulder blades. So we're not getting any problematic zones. You do all this beautiful wax work, right? And then you have your sub stand up against the wall. Obviously, we've got bags and drop sheets and everything laid down. And then right. using a flogger or a whip or something <gasps> supple. Yes. You yes. Beat the wax off of them. Yes. Oh, it, it keeps going. Yes. Once you've got 90% of the wax, you lie them back down. Then you take your I use a straight razor because I'm a mm -hmm. crazy. <sighs> you can say sadist. 
I'm not even sure that covers it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I use a straight razor, and it's a beautiful um, stage Sweeney Todd replica straight mm. razor. So, like, it's really fun. Um, nice. And it's got a really long blade, so you really feel that fucker on you. Um, nice. So then you take off the re remnants of the wax. And then what you do to finish up is wax is really cool because it heightens your sensations. It heightens it your does. senses. It brings everything right up to the surface. And it's really relaxing and cathartic and it's therapeutic. You can do some really beautiful things with wax. But in case you've got somebody who likes to flail, get some restraints within boundaries and consent. And then you take out a Wartenberg pinwheel. Yes. Mm. That's the amount of torture and fun that you can have. So good. It's, it's temp like sensation play is so much fun. Temperature play is really fun, but like you got to be careful. I would mm. really like to do more fear play. Oh, I love it so much. But like, that's a tricky one. Like I was watching a scene and oh, like there's some really cool stuff. And my friend was telling me about a scene that they did with somebody and they were doing fear play and they had their partner blindfolded and the whole scene, you know, he's talking about how he's taking this knife and just dragging it up and down their skin and all this other stuff. Right. And, um, you know, you put the fear play in there. Hold on a sec. I gotta go. Kill a buck. You put the fear, yeah, no, go, you go put the it. fear play in there and you know what you get? Hmm. He opens Let's her open her eyes. The goddamn credit card. Oh my god. I'm going to go brutal. kill this bug. Give me two seconds. Yeah, no, go for it. Go for it. Oh my god, that's so brutal. When she listens to this episode back, she's going to hear all the all the things I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm saying about her and how I can't talk right now apparently. So what kind of bug was it? All right, it's dead. Uh, I don't what know. What was it? Some kind of fly. Mm. Nothing fancy. But yeah, he's just but dragging this credit card all up and down her body. And the thing is, she trusts him. She consented to it. She's terrified of knives. And the fear play was so real, but it was just a credit card. So I'm really happy you said that because I love fear play. And the way that we do it, no blindfold, no restraints but it's a real knife, a real, <laughs> very, 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 very sharp knife. And what he does, what daddy does is he brings it to my lips and I have to kiss the blade. And then he drags it all around my skin. And, you know, I have to stay entirely still while being absolutely petrified. So, so as, so it, you know, it won't like break the skin. Because if I move at all, I'm boned. And he uses the very tip of it to, like, cut and, like, write on my skin. And it's so hot. And it hurts so much. And he's doing it in, like, super sensitive regions, like, around my armpits. And, like, the, the spots on my back where, you know, if you tickle there, I'll, like, jerk. So I have to, like, resist the urge to, like, jerk and twist when he touches certain places with this knife. So I don't get stabbed. And it's so so good uh, it's so good mm, makes me happy mm, so good 
But I'm also really happy you said wax because that is one of my favorite things. You know, and specific. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Go go go. Um, specifically, we've done wax a lot, and we've done scenes where he takes the knife sharp side to you know remove the wax from me. He's used his uh, steel credit card to remove wax from me, and it's awesome. But one thing we did is he poured wax all over me, and then he took ice cubes and ran them up and down the wax, and that was fucking brutal. <laughs> and then he removed the wax and then <laughs> had cold water and ice cubes again, and that was unbelievably brutal, and it was so, so good. So I'm really happy you mentioned that. You want to know a fun thing that you can do with ice cubes and wax? What's that? You can make dinosaur spikes. Oh my god, you're so right. You have somebody you are completely flat. And then you put your uh, your ice cubes in strategic spots around their back. And mm -hmm. then you use your wax and you get nice hot sensations you basically use your wax to seal the ice cube in place. You got to be quick because if you don't, it's going to melt. Right. And you seal it on in place and then you cover them with wax and you get these really beautiful, like colored dinosaur stegosaurus spikes all on your back. So I'm going to have daddy listen to this episode because I want that done to me pronto. <laughs> I've seen and that some, sounds awesome. I've seen some pretty cool things, like some pretty cool things. I'm here for this. Yeah, I am here for this. Was there anything else we wanted to say? I don't think there's any kinks left for me to talk about. Yeah, that's it for me, which means that that is it for this episode of Dear Jazzy. Any closing thoughts, Miss Mimi? Don't leak, kids. Don't leak. So not worth. Dear Jazzy is an at oddswithgod.com production. Visit us online at at oddswithgod.com. Please check out our Patreon to support the show. Get you some jazzy porn. Uh, check out uh, all of Miss Mimi's links. And also check out our sister podcast, The Usual Bet. And they are currently doing, uh, every week they're doing a diaper giveaway. So please hit them up and listen to your show because it's really, 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 really good. And Miss Mimi did their theme song. So that's awesome. Miss Mimi, tell us about your music and all of your links. Where can people find you? So you can find me on Twitter for Daily Mommy Thoughts and just kind of random shenanigans at twitter.com slash bell it's in the description i'm not going to spell it for you um <laughs> wow you can find my <laughs> you can find my Brutal. my free lullabies at soundcloud.com slash miss mimi's lullabies and if you're looking for a commission hit me up i'm you know i try to keep pretty good prices so um your prices are very good hit me up if you're looking for something personal and something individual um like jazzy said i did uh, write and help write both theme songs for our sister podcasts, The Usual Bet and The Changing Tabletop. So that's right. That's right. Um, I was fortunate enough to get a chance to help uh, co-write The Usual Bet theme song with Sophie. And I 
wrote both the intro and outro to Changing Tabletop. So, yeah. Fun stuff. So, yeah. That is it. Thank you so much once again for joining us. See you next week. See ya. Your, your wish is my command. Hold on, give me like 65 seconds. <laughs> what the fuck? It's my fucking sister's fault. <laughs> okay, it's taken, it's taken care of. The context, please. This is a Snapchat Tetris type game that she's spamming me with and i'm kicking her ass <laughs> that sounds like some serious like 2011 era words with friends bullshit you know what i mean it's it's better i'm winning <laughs> oh good i'm so glad i was just like that is the wackiest ringtone i've ever heard in my life yeah i'm winning i think i think that might wind up being like the end of show blooper Welcome back to Dear Jesse, episode 26, where we answer all of life's kinky questions. I am your host, Jasmine Starshine. And you know who I am. It's Miss Mimi. Oh my god. <laughs> Are you okay? Uh, that's a voice crack for the century, I tell you. Holy shit. <laughs> Let's do it again. <laughs> okay, that's the blooper. You can keep that if you want. I don't even care. <laughs> nah, that's a blooper. <laughs>